Hey y'all, it's Trent Knox coming in here with a new part of the podcast. It's called an intro. I know I've been slacking on doing these intros, but I am going to start as much as I can. In this episode of Talking Shop, I sit down with Brian Elder and John Hall, and we discuss their new project, Death and Compromise, which is about uh, a couple of law, a couple of outlaws per se in the 1850s. And um, it's just a little bit of a comedy slash um, drama slash shooter. It's a lot of things. And they have a lot of good information for how to get started in the entertainment industry, how to make it a, a, a fulfilling career and also how to give back to the community through, you know, festivals and content distribution networks. And unfortunately, John's internet in the middle of the podcast did fall out, but I finished the podcast off with Brian Elder and we had a great show. So I really appreciate that you listen to this and I hope that you subscribe to the podcast on the, all your content distribution networks. And also, if you find me on social media, either at Trent Knox TV or Trent Knox, there will be a lot of more content, more valuable content coming out in the future. So once again, thank you for listening to this episode, and you guys have a great day. Hi, this is Trent Knox. I just wanted to thank you for listening to this episode. It means a lot to me that you would take the time out of your busy day to hear what my guest and I have to say. May I ask you of a quick favor? If you have gotten any value out of my podcast, please take the liberty to share the podcast link with your networks on social media. That would be extremely kind of you, and I would greatly appreciate you for being proactive and taking action. If you are feeling extremely generous, there is the option of becoming a paid subscriber of the show. Go to anchor.fm slash trentnox slash support. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help produce this show. Once again, thank you for your support and enjoy the rest of the episode. Give it a couple minutes to load up. All right. Hey, y'all. This is Trent Knox with the Trent Knox Show. Today's episode is another talking shop uh, featuring Brian Elder and John Hall. Um, We're going to be talking about their origin in the film industry, what got them there, especially their music history, and also their new project that will be coming out uh, soon death and compromise uh brian and john would you like to say hello to the viewers and the listeners abroad hey guys john hall brian elder how are you guys doing awesome uh so nobody nobody responded to us we didn't hear anything did they (laughs) (laughs) no um but that does remind me i need to open up the chat so that uh whenever at the end i like to do a little q a for those of um my followers and y'all's followers who tune in till the end of the show i'll put this over here and open up in the browser 
All right. So, uh, do you guys want to start off by basically explaining like how you guys got into the ind entertainment industry, where you guys are from, and and uh, giving you guys the origin story behind Brian Elder and John Hall? Uh, whichever one of you want to go wants to go first. All right. Uh, so, so basically, uh, how I got in the business was I came from a musical background. It was uh, I was doing that most of my life, and uh, long story short, I just I fell into it through a, a call that wanted me to come in. I had like a lot longer hair, so and uh, they wanted me to play a Jamestown Settler, which is sixteen hundred. So it was like perfect for that. And I went in, I did that for about a week, and then from there I went to um, the film Lincoln for about two or three weeks, and that's where like I just I fell in love with it because of the whole getting in the costumes and all that sort of stuff. And I just, I couldn't stop. So then I, you know, got an agent and went from there. I got TV roles and, and just, I, I just, I'm still doing it. It was seven, seven years, eight years ago, seven or eight years ago. So now I just, I love it. <laughs> I absolutely can't get enough of it. Very cool. And, uh, John and, 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 and actually the way we met, we had met at a SAG awards, uh, ceremony. Okay. And uh, actually, had we had friends that mutual friends that said, "Man, you guys need to meet each other and uh, talk to Brian about shooting some music videos for my band." I have a country and western band called Stick Horse Rodeo. Shameless plug: We do have our first single out right now. It's called Father's Day. So mm -hmm. anybody, you can check us out. We have a Facebook page uh, and a bunch of music videos on YouTube. But as we were shooting one of these videos uh, called Fence Jumping Woman, and it was at this place called 1850 Settlement. <clears throat> and this is a place that still has on a bunch of original structures from the 1850s, a family um, that dates back to the 1850s still living there. And it was such a cool place. We got to talk and I said, man, we really need to do a Western because this was several years ago and Westerns weren't popular then. I mean, they'd kind of fallen out of favor. So, you know, both thought, you know, maybe it's time to make give the Western a comeback. And nobody's done a movie about Texas in the 1850s, specifically after the passing of the Compromise of 1850. So it's a good idea. We got with a guy named Jeremiah Olsman and the three of us started getting a script down, written. Uh, and then we kind of the rest is history. Then we started working together on Death and Compromise. And Brian's got another project called Lasting Moments that, you know, I've been included in as well. And. Um, it kind of, kind of become the, I guess the dynamic duo here. We both have solo things we work on, but a lot of people, at least in our area, kind of turned to us for, for help or advice. And now since we've done a Western, uh, in Blanco and Elgin and Brackettville, now just about everybody that's actually been on, uh, any part of death and compromise has now started doing their own Westerns. So it's, you know, kind of, kind of a great thing. That's really cool. And uh, so do both of your backgrounds come from music and then the film industry or how did it, how did it start? Yeah. Both of them from yeah. music industry. And do you have, uh, do you have like any formal training in music or in, uh, in the entertainment in, in film? I, I don't have either. Um, I, okay. um, yeah, I don't, I, I've just been playing since I was really, really, really young. And then the, film stuff just hit me and I mean acting and, and, and music is essentially if you're, perform if you're a performing musician and you're an actor you're essentially doing the same thing you're portraying something on stage and so I just same, recently same. yeah I mean same, I, I same just, here I mean I didn't have any I've been playing guitar since I was six I did do some guitar lessons to get started mm -hmm. um, was in music all through high school and a little bit in college but 
Uh, I did some acting classes, but uh, really just kind of wanted to make it happen. And like Brian said, once you're an entertainer of any type mm-hmm. or a doctor, like I've told some other people, you know, probably one of the best things in preparation for acting is being a physician. You know, and I know you just were having some problems today and mm-hmm. uh, with your shoulder. But think about being a resident physician when you're doing a 36 hour shift and you mm-hmm. come in and you've hurt your shoulder and I've been up 30 hours. That's the best acting job you can ever do. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I, I for those of you guys who don't know or are not watch, uh, watching but listening on the podcast, I actually was in the ER today and that's what he was referencing. I had had some shoulder pain going on. Um, just woke up and I had some excruciating pain. And uh, so that's what he was referring to. Um, but we're, we're trucking through, we're getting through, we're doing the, doing the show, you know, the show must go on. Uh, it's a, well, it's well, what was thing. that that was going on? I mean, I, I don't want to get off topic. What I, I, I don't know. Absolutely yet. Uh, it, it could be a compressed disc in my neck, a torn muscle in my shoulder, or, or maybe just like just some spasms, but it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know yet. Um, the ER was only able to do x-rays, so I have to go get an MRI through the, the you know, a different uh, set, setting uh, through my PCM. So for all, you, for all your listeners, yeah. Trent is the working wounded tonight. He's pulled it together <laughs> for you guys. That's yeah, right. absolutely. <laughs> so, okay, back to you guys. Uh, so the origin stories are pretty interesting. You kind of just, you know, picked it up. It was kind of natural for you guys. Uh, was there kind of any inspiration uh, originally to get into acting or into music uh, or into the entertainment industry at all? All right. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, there wasn't really like for um, that. That's a tough one. So my my mom, uh, she always told me that, you know, like later she was like, yeah, you're going to be I knew you're going to be an actor and stuff because so it wasn't anything that inspired me. It was something that was just in my blood somehow. I mean, it was it, it's a, a blessing from God. Basically, I don't yeah. I don't know how I got the gift. I just did. Yeah. And that's uh, been something that's always been a part of me. Like when I was like when I was five years old, you know, my mom has a picture um, of, of me of the Dukes of Hazzard guitar at Christmas time. And that's something, you know, that you don't at five years old, you don't know what you want to do. I mean, like, or you don't really know, like, you know, hey, I'm going to play guitar. I want to be a rock star. I want to do this, you know. So that, that was something that really wasn't, um, there wasn't like an inspiration at that point. It was just something that, that was inside of me that I don't know where it came from. And, um, but my mom did have records, though, that she'd play. And that, that kind of inspired my music part of it. I mean, she played stuff like, I didn't, end up, I didn't end up playing this type of music, but she ended up playing things like Paul Anka and Elvis yeah. Presley and Richie Valens and, you know, Dion and the Belmonts and things like that. I listened to growing up with my mm-hmm. mom playing records and everything. And so, and she played everything. She played Charlie pride. She played all kinds of like country rock, you know, oldies, all that stuff. And so I listened to everything growing up from my mom and that oh, gave, okay. probably gave me that push towards that. But like, um, but acting, yeah, she said I used to get up and act in front of commercial or like, what just happened in front of the family for commercial breaks. And here's a, here's a funny, embarrassing story that I don't really tell a lot of people, but, um, I used to, I used to set up like, uh, you know, when I was a child, a bunch of stuffed animals on the bed and stuff. And I would, when I was like five, six, seven years old and I would perform for those, uh, for them and stuff. Like I was, I would either sing or act or whatever. So that was kind of my inspiration. I didn't know what I was doing. I just did it for fun. And apparently it was something that just came out of me that I just love to do. And I'm mm. thankful and blessed for. 
So yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's kind of the same way. I mean, I started playing guitar at seven, and uh, based on probably my two big inspirations musically, uh, one of them was Jim Croce. I mean, I always loved the finger picking style, and I would sit and play Jim Croce albums and just figure out how to do those same finger picking styles and everything that he did on the guitar. Same as Gordon Lightfoot. And then, of course, as I got older, got more into rock. But since we're in Texas, the first few rock bands that I was in, you know, we were gigging, doing some local gigs. And, you know, when you're playing rock in Texas, there's always going to be those people who come up and go, well, can't you play some two-step songs or do you know any country? And so next thing you know, you're you're playing about a 20% country set. Then over the next several months, you're paying about a 50% country set. And then eventually you just go, you know what? To have work, we're going to be a country band. And because uh, a country band can always find work, a rock band, not so much. Uh, <laughs> not in, in Texas area, not outside of Austin. Right. But uh, but that's and then um, I'm also an author. I've got two books out. Discovery Channel asked me to do a TV series for them. They're you. I guess most people would term them conspiracy theory books. They're about NSA surveillance. Mm. Uh, one's one's called A New Breed and one's called Guinea Pigs Technologies of Control. Mm-hmm. And uh, after Guinea Pigs came out, I was asked to do a TV series for Discovery. And that's really kind of what got me into acting. I started meeting other people that are in production. And I like the whole video thing. And uh course the the series that they shot got banned in the united states so discovery still released it in europe but it's not here you can find it on youtube it's called united states of paranoia um and then decided i kind of wanted to get into it and just started working as an extra and then trying to get those little supporting roles and then got into production and um, so really kind of all facets of it and i would like to say give a big thanks to my wife brandy hall who has really been instrumental in helping Brian and I as far as doing line producing. That's the person who basically organizes everything. She's make sure everybody's signed in, that props are signed out, that meals are being delivered. I mean, she's been invaluable on, on our shoots. So That's awesome. It's always a good thing to have a supportive team and people that you can work with, especially if they happen to be your family members. Uh, so you both origin, or you're both from Central Texas area originally. I am. You are, and then Brian. I'm. I'm actually from Virginia. I was. Oh, I was gonna. Okay. I was gonna ask when. Uh, when. When John was talking about, you know, people were asking here in Texas about two stepping. I'm not from here. So okay. I was gonna say, is that is, so? People were asking, like, you know, play some two stepping. Is that kind of like they do in Virginia, or like free, uh, free bird? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. More cowbell, more cowbell. Yes. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm from the East Coast. John's from here. So. What was it? What was it like uh, in in Virginia? Your your uh, your beginnings and what was it like performing there? I I loved it there. I mean, the, the weather's you know it's cold during the winter time, so I'm not a big fan of that. But uh, and the humidity it is it's very hot. You know, as far as humidity, but um, mm-hmm. I I loved it there. I mean, it's it's a beautiful state. A lot of history. I, I used to love, you know, things like that. Like, um, you know, we had the Revolutionary War, Yorktown War, the battlefields, Colonial mm-hmm. Williamsburg, all that, all that stuff there. We have in Native American history, Jamestown. And I, I love all that stuff. I used to go there when I was younger. So growing up there was great. I mean, I absolutely loved it. And as far as the music scene, music scene is not like it was here in Austin years ago mm-hmm. because this is the live music capital of the world. Mm-hmm. But there were still, you know, a lot of places to perform. I mean, we'd go to, you know, uh, Maryland, the College Park, Baltimore, you know, Philadelphia. You've got, uh, you know, we'd even go down to Florida and stuff as far as like hitting down the East Coast. And 
um, we'd go out to Missouri and up to Michigan and wherever we could go. But the East Coast was it was a lot of a lot of music. New York was six hours away, um, things like that. But uh, it was great. It's a great state. I love it. But I love Austin. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. You know, uh, that's something that me and John John have in common. I grew up here in Central Austin, Georgetown, actually, about you know thirty five minutes away from uh, Central Austin, and yeah. um, I have a different perspective because you. you um, well, I'm a younger. I'm I'm your junior, but it's uh, it's an interesting place to have grown up in. Um, Georgetown's beautiful. I've been up there. It's, yeah, I, I live in Cedar Park, so I'm North Austin. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Steve had confused. Uh, had maybe got me confused. I thought you guys were in Houston. I didn't know that oh, you guys no. were so close here. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. And so, when you were in Virginia, did were you in a band uh, while you were in Virginia? Did you record then? Yeah, I. Um I actually, that's, I haven't done much music over here in Austin. I've done a couple of things, but not really much of anything. I played a few shows and that was it. Um, most of my stuff was on the East Coast and uh, as far as my foundation, you know, mm -hmm. I branched out throughout the States, but it was like my foundation was in, um, where I was living was in Virginia. And I mean, I was in a ton of bands, assigned to a label for two years. We uh, released CDs um, mm -hmm. um, on our own, as well as when I signed with the label, we did, um, we opened for nationals. We headlined our own shows. We had Ticketmaster um, stuff that we did, and I mean, just but all that was, you know, when I was living there, I didn't do anything. When I came out here, it was for film, which okay. I know, which I know is weird because this is the live music capital of the world, and it's like mm -hmm. I didn't come out here for music. I came out here for film, but it, so it's kind of it's it's weird, but that's what I came out here for. So yeah, this uh, it's actively becoming a, a place for indie filmmaking here in Austin uh, with the addition of the Austin Film Society and, uh, you know, the renovation of the old airport into a film studio and more and more um, Hollywood budget films like Walking Dead coming to the area, yeah. uh, offering opportunities for, you know, your independent actors and independent filmmakers to get involved. And it's really, it's really cool. Um, I came here as well for film. I, I mean, I came back here uh, for film. I was going around, lived in Hawaii for a little bit, and then I moved to Colorado, and then I moved back to Austin because uh, I, with South by Southwest just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more opportunities to get into the film scene here, uh, it just seemed like the right thing to do. So, yeah, I love it. I love it here. So you you guys have a lot of experience in making historical films. What started that passion for historical films? Well, that was probably mostly me. Well, Brian okay. comes from an area that is, is really you, ripe with yeah, history. Was, yeah. But I've always liked Westerns. I was a big Clint Eastwood fan, Outlaw Josie Wales, probably one of my favorite movies of all times. Mm -hmm. um, and my books are nonfiction, you know, they're, they're true stories. So I was kind of always into the nonfiction documentary type stuff anyway, <clears throat> and the chance to actually produce our own Western and do it about a time period that's not really been done. You know, it really is what attracted to me to it. Uh, and Brian at that time, actually, after working with us on the music video, kind of was the same way going, yeah, let's do a Western. So, you know, I mean, so we really kind of came to that conclusion together. We were, we're in the basement of this old rock building uh, mm -hmm. on the 1850 settlement and thought, you know what, it'd be cool to play outlaws kind of in this scene and do a scene down here. And I said, man, let's do it. 
let's let's shoot a but let's shoot a Western TV series. And at that time, there was no other Westerns out. That time when we were writing it, then all of a sudden, Hell on Wheels came out. A bunch of other ones came out. So obviously, globally, a lot of other people were thinking the same thing that it's time for westerns to make a comeback. And if actually, you there's a Wild Bunch Film Festival in uh, Arizona. It's the only Western only film festival. We won it last year, and there was a you know quite a few entries into it, but not a ton this year. There's like four times the amount of entries into that Western Film Festival than there was last year when we won it. So, I mean, that's, you know, it, it's amazing how things kind of come in your in cycles. But luckily, most people are doing that 1880s to 1890s cattle drive, railroad car kind of genre. Not some ours is specific to Texas in the 1850s. So uh, and it and it looks really good. So. So once again, for the for the. For the listeners out there that are hearing this on the podcast, or if you've got your YouTube set to audio only, uh, I'm sitting down with Brian Elder and John Hall, and we're about to get into talking about their new series, uh, Death and Compromise, that they've had in production. Uh, when can we expect to see uh, the release of this project? So it, uh, <laughs> we always like, we're like, looking to like, who's, who's doing that? <laughs> Um, so right now we're, we're in post-production with the very, very last days. We, um, I just shipped out the drive yesterday or, uh, what today's two. Yeah. Yesterday. So I shipped out the drive yesterday to, to Burbank. So they're being, they're starting coloring this week. It should be there by Thursday. It's estimated arrival time. So okay. once that's done, now we start pitching and everything. And we've got some stuff coming up that I don't think we're talking about yet, but, um, okay. Uh, but yeah, so we get some good stuff, but that's when we start the pitching process. Once that, that whole production package is done. So. Okay. And so, uh, this is interesting for me is that, uh, what is the, the technical side of this? You guys, uh, shot, produced and wrote the whole thing yourselves. Did you bring in another production company to assist you guys? How did this happen? No, we produced it ourselves. Now you've got people that you come in that are extras and, you know, grip and electric and yeah. camera guys, Brian. I mean, I, I produced it. Well, Brian and I both produced it. Brian directed it and we okay. both acted in it. So mm -hmm. we, we wore a lot of hats. I mean, Brian will tell you, he may have just been the director and the actor, but he was also part of the catering and part of running back and forth to electronic stores to get memory cards and, trying to stay alive when you're shooting in 110 degree heat in August in long sleeves and coats and, you know, with gun holsters on and, and stuff. But uh, it, it's a pretty technical process. And it's a big, like I said, because we were so particular about the historical accuracy, I mean, that alone is a lot of takes a lot of your time making sure the horses saddles are right the horses are right that their manes are right that the buggies are right that what people are wearing is right so you don't end up like on game of thrones or indiana jones with a cat and jeans and a t-shirt in the background or you know making sure that even playing cards or or historically correct playing cards and so i mean it's we had to wear a lot of hats on that i mean hopefully if this thing flies we might even think about hiring a separate production company in so we can really focus on the acting. At least that's kind of my opinion. Sure. Bry, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work um, to do it. And I mean, I'm, you know, as much as I, I love writing and producing, directing and acting, it's uh, you know, writing is, is fine. It's still everything, but yeah, I, I don't mind directing and acting so much, but, 
yeah, I agree. I don't want to be doing, uh, I don't mind having my name as a producer or like, you know, even John having his name as a producer or whatever, but like mm -hmm. we have more people coming in doing that stuff so we can focus on the things that we need to do, you know, and that's, it's going to be a lot easier. It's a lot of work. It really yeah. is. Yeah. So about how many episodes can we expect in this, uh, in this season? Four. <laughs> really, who's, who's going? Uh, four, four episodes for season one. It's kind of a okay. starter season. So okay. make sure it flies, make sure it goes really well and all that stuff and you get it picked up. If uh, where it lands, where it gets placed, somebody is like, you know, hey, we want six. A lot of your starter seasons are either, or your episodes are either four to ten. So you have four, you have six, you have eight, you have ten. Um, I think Stranger Things started off with eight episodes on the first mm -hmm. one, or right, six or something like that. So if we get placed somewhere and they're like, hey, we want two more episodes, or we want four more or something, then we'll go back to the drawing board there. But as of now, we have four as a starter season. Let's see how it goes. Very which cool. is better, which is better. A lot of times you start with just one pilot, mm -hmm. you yeah. know, and then you've got one chance. If you don't hook an audience with one pilot, then you're basically, okay, this ain't going to work. And they move on to the next project. So mm -hmm. at least we have four episodes telling yeah. a, a real. Uh oh, I think we might've lost, uh, lost John there. Um, yeah, but that's okay. I'm sure it'll pick back up here. Um, Maybe his internet went out or something. Um, um, as soon as he comes back, we'll we'll get him back in. But we can continue the show uh, with. Uh, I do have a question. So uh -huh. you you were directing the project. Uh, what were some of the uh, what were some of the difficulties and some of the things that you had to overcome throughout the throughout the shooting? As far as far as things that happened, that <laughs> like maybe, maybe the sun wasn't in the right place at the right time. Oh, you yeah, had to yeah. do some sort of pickups or something like that, or didn't have yeah. the right equipment. Every everything you work on film, I've done a lot of different film stuff, and everything yeah. you work on, there's always something. You, you pretty much you plan for those things to happen, and it's not yeah. anything that's really that that bad that happens. It's just contingencies that happen that you have to work around, and sometimes those are the best things. When those things happen and you were and you like have to create something different or find ways around making things work, sometimes those are the best scenes, the best things and everything that happens. So mm -hmm. some of the things that we we went into was uh, I mean, we didn't shoot I mean, we were trying to cram everything in a short period of time. And I mean, I wanted more days, so I wanted things to happen a little bit stretched out longer to make it work. So we had to go back a couple of times to do more shoots. Um, so that was one thing that we, that we were faced against, which also cost us more money, uh, in the long run. But, um, you know, for the most part, I mean, um, you know, we didn't have anything like really bad that happened. Like as far as like, you know, other than the heat, <laughs> the heat killed some of us, but, yeah. um, you know, I mean, nobody passed out and nobody got heat exhaustion, which is great. Cause I've seen that happen here on set before. Mm -hmm. Um, so none of that happened. Everybody was great with the horses. Nobody, I mean, Brandy was really good with, um, John just texted me. He said that um, Wi-Fi is giving them problems. Oh, okay, um, that's fine. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Brandy was there with with the horses, so she really like made sure that nobody got around the horses that didn't know anything about them. You know, things like that. So we didn't have anybody got hurt on any horses. I've heard those stories happen before other sets. Mm -hmm. um, nobody got hurt with uh, with any you know blanks or anything. You know, that happens sometimes on other people's sets too. So we were very, very fortunate and blessed that nothing like that happened. Nothing major happened. So it was just more so like, you know, scheduling and things like that, you know, Oh, actually the hurricane, we had a hurricane that came through. 
Yeah. And that stopped us from production because we were set to go. And then John and I, last the day before, we tried pushing that thing out because they were talking about it being, um, you know, not hitting us as hard and just being rain and then not having rain and just having rain in Houston and Austin didn't have any and, you know, Blanco wasn't going to get it and et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. so like, we waited until the very last minute and we were watching the Weather Channel. We we're like, maybe we could do it. And then last, you know, the last day before we were like, we were getting the hurricane and we were like, well, we have to call off production. So we had to, you know, cancel everything. And, you know, we pushed it out. Like, I think it was two, two or three weeks later, we had to push it out and start filming again. So that's, that's the one big thing that actually messed us up on filming. Interesting. So yeah, the weather always can get in the way. Yes. Um, so what about, did you guys have any like bloopers that actually made the, the final cut or made it to the the cutting cutting board um like things that were unexpected maybe off script um yeah <laughs> there there was um there were a couple things one of them i can't mention because it's, it's dialogue um okay but uh so there's a scene in there where um I'm trying. I'm trying to say anything without saying too much. All right. So there's a scene in there where, um, where one of the characters comes in to tell us that there's riders coming in, mm -hmm. and um, and and William's his name. So I can tell you that the character's name is William. Mm -hmm. um, so he comes in. He tells us, you know, hey, there's riders coming to town, um, and they're coming to this town. We're like hiding out here, mm -hmm. and so, um, <laughs> I'm trying to like to foot around anything, not giving something away. Sure. And, um, and so I tell them, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I got this. I, you know, I grabbed the gun and I'm like, you know, we got this. And he's like, no, no, no. He stops me from doing it. And, uh, him and John's character, Lem, they're like, they're telling me, you know, you know, we're not going to get this, these, this nice family in trouble and stuff. So, you know, we're going to pretty much hide out and stuff. So I put the gun away and my character is the, uh, I'm, I'm the goofy one, basically. I'm the one who, who is the con artist, the one that will talk her way out. And John's character is the tough guy who will basically just shoot you. Mm -hmm. And so my character at the time, I, uh, <laughs> I put the gun down and all I was going to do was, was flip the gun and it, and I was going to, you know, make it just kind of a, you know, a little, you know, ah, you know, okay, fine type thing. Yeah. And I end up, I flipped the gun and it went, it went like it went all over the place and I was like trying to catch it and fumble the gun and stuff. Yeah. And so and so we kept that like the the whole crew was laughing like really hard like laughing on that. So uh -huh. we kept that and then so I just I did it a couple more times but that first one was the best time that it happened when just it just flipped and it, I just I was just fumbling the gun and I just looked at John and was like you know <laughs> and so and so we kept that you know and i mean we both stayed in character which was good because it, it kept us to be able to keep that that take very cool uh, yeah so some things like that that was a that was a funny reel that we a funny part that we kept in and yeah. um just stuff like that so there, there's a few different things that we that happened on set the day of that we were like you know, yeah let's keep that so yeah it's things like that that make a make a, a film or a television series what what, what it is and good, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so how did the process go? Because I see that you guys got a lot of uh, awards already. What was the process like? Did you guys submit to film, film festivals? Like I see there's like four already or how did that work? 
So, um, so I was, I was like pretty much um, like knee deep into post production and stuff, and and at the time of um, of the awards and everything. So I was taking care of that part of it, trying to get um, you know editing done. I had to go to Seattle, do all that sort of stuff. And John okay. was, um, so John was, you know, and like at that time, I I had, I had edited a uh, teaser that we had from from the before from the past. It was just episode one that I did a teaser for. And okay. uh, John had that, and he was like, "Hey, he was like, uh, he's like, send me the teaser. I'm going to start putting it in film, like in film festivals and everything." So, while I was in doing the post production, John is actually the one who submitted us to all these festivals. And I think, um, without him being here, I, I think he submitted us to about seven or eight film festivals. I think, okay. I, I believe. Um, again, you know, I was working post production; he was submitting us to that, and um, I think it was eight up, seven or eight. But anyway, so we got accepted into five of them. Okay, and uh, we went to we went to three of them. Um, sorry, John's texting me. He's, he's trying to get out, but he's not having trouble. He's, he's having trouble. He's not able to do it. Um, okay. He submitted us. I mean, sorry, he submitted to us about seven or eight. We made it into five of them. We got accepted as far as like semifinalists, finalists, um, all that sort of stuff, and we won. Uh, we went to three, and we won two. So yeah, something something like that. Yeah, yeah. We went. To, we actually showed up to three of them. We went to. Um, well, I went to the one in New York, John couldn't make it. So I went to the one in New York and, uh, John and I went to the one in Arizona and then Brandy, John and I went to the one in Mississippi and, uh, we actually, um, we got two awards out of, out of those three. So it was, it was nice. It was a good feeling. And you got two other, uh, was best trailer, the wild bunch film festival, official selection, uh, global trailer film festival, uh, finalists in the Southern States, Indie fan film festival. And then semifinalist in the Los Angeles Cine Festival. So it's it's been put, well, we put in won. work. Yeah, we actually won the the South the Southern one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so we won so that one. So we got best trailer on on two. Like we won first place on on two of them. The uh, the um, Southern the Southern States Indie Film Festival. We, we got first place on that one, and we got first place on the uh, Wild Bunch. That's very so, cool. Yeah, we were we were thankful for that. So what's the process? Um, what's the process next? What's the next step after that? Uh, after those award festivals um, in the post production uh, experience, what is that? So, um, as as far as like what we're gonna do afterwards? Yeah, do you, do you, do you go back and you use some of the you know the the feedback that you got from those festivals? Do small edits? Do you do like? A, more pro- oh. production on the sound or how does that what do you do with no. that, that data so, you get so the, the thing about the film festivals which yeah. um it's great because it gives you accolades basically it tells sure, you yeah. you know i mean like people more people see your stuff mm-hmm. and so that's the whole point of people doing film festivals is because you get accolades if you win or if you get you know semi-finalist or finalist or you know best whatever and that sort of type of stuff yeah um, you also you get um more people see it because the people that go to the film festivals or they announce it you know you're your film or your screening or whatever is in that. And so all of that is really what's the the best thing about the film festivals. You don't, mm-hmm. uh, not the ones that we went to, at least they didn't give us, you know, or anything I've done in the past, you know, with film festivals, they haven't given us any like feedback changes. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So yeah. that's, I think that's more of a, um, um, when you submit like a screenplay or something, or you submit something for review or something, sure. they, give, they give you that sort of stuff. But, um, and and that could be wrong. Again, I've, I've. I think it's. Know. I think it's. I think it's mixed. Some some do, yeah. some don't. I know that the ones that I went to in Hawaii, they give you like a little sheet of paper when you went in. You check, 
certain boxes or rate it, you know, one out of five here or whatever. And then that oh, information nice. would go to that information would go to, you know, the, the producers and whatnot. And then, you know, they could, they could just not do anything about it, you know? Um, but yeah. it, it kind of, that system also was also like, um, the way that the certain projects won based on their, you know, their rating within the, they get, what did they get? They got a diff, they got a separate, uh, award it was like um um audience award or something like that you know um based on that oh yeah yeah well we do yeah there there's audience awards for sure and all those yeah that's all that's cool yeah i wish more festivals actually would do that because i yeah the ones we went to didn't do that where it was like they give you any feedback or anything but that'd be great if they did um but yeah they do the the audience awards and stuff actually john and i have a film festival together too it's um it's a elder hall texas independent film festival Oh, and, okay. um, yeah. And so, and we've also, we're on, we're on film freeway and all that sort of stuff. We have a .com, we're on Facebook and all that sort of stuff with it. And our screenings are actually September 6th and 7th with the award ceremony being on the 7th. We've got people from Germany, from uh, France, from, you know, all over the United States that have entered in this thing that's going to mm-hmm. be uh, screening that day. So, and we're doing also an awards, you know, and a, a um, uh, audience, you know, participation thing as well, where the audience chooses the best, you know, audience winner. So, yeah. Where so is that going to be held at? Where is uh, uh, that's at Blanco, Texas? It's going to be at Pinemore, yeah, Pinemore Old West Studios or or Buggy Barn, which is uh, held by Dennis Dennis Moore and his family. Great, great people. Great set. Some of that we filmed at too, and so like they're just they're really good friends of ours. They're great people and all that stuff. So I, I highly recommend if you want a Western set to go to um, Blanco as well. And if. If someone wanted to RSVP for that event, is there is there a website or is there like a Facebook event or something like that that they can go uh, view? Yep, Film Freeway. If you go to Film Freeway, look up Film Elder Freeway. Hall. Yeah, Elder Hall is one word. So mm-hmm. it's Elder Hall Texas Independent Film Festival. And you mm-hmm. can find that on Film Freeway. Tickets are there. Um, the tickets you, that you buy for the, for the award ceremony. So the screening is free. So on September 6th, it doesn't cost anything to get in. You just, mm-hmm. you just show up. You get the address from the website, show up. Uh, watch the screenings. Um, the seventh prior to the award ceremony doesn't cost anything either, but the award ceremony does. And the reason is because uh, Dennis and his family, they're doing barbecue and a, you know, a Southern meal and stuff like, I mean, they're really doing it up. And so they're buying all the barbecue and everything. And so all that money is going to them for basically more so the meal. Yeah. So, um, so are you going to be uh, able, you think that you'll have death and compromise uh, finished by that, that time and be able to do the world premiere? So that's that's the other thing is we're we're um, at the award ceremony we're going to be showing episode one. Oh, um, very cool! Yes, we're showing episode one on um, as like just a we're going to show the teaser, the trailer, and then episode one for um, you know for for that. Sorry, I'm like I'm like reading John's text and then like you know. Um, so we're showing that that night at the award ceremony, mm-hmm. um, but we're only showing episode one. Okay. What we're going to do is uh, later, either mid-September is so that so they'll definitely be done. But mm-hmm. mid-September is when we're going to plan on doing the whole season to show the whole season on just at one event. But mm-hmm. we're we're capping it off though. We haven't set the date for that, but we're going to cap it off to where it's like ninety-four. We're doing it in a theater, probably Alamo Draft House or Evo or something like that. We're talking to both of them right now. Okay. And uh, we'll do um, like ninety-four seater or one forty-one seater, and just that's it. First come on the tickets, you know, first serve tickets will probably be about seven, ten bucks, something like that. And uh, so we can, we know we have a head count mm-hmm. and, um, and we'll show the whole season that, that one night 
we'll show the whole season to a limited theater. Very cool. And then when can we when uh, where can we expect the 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 series to be online or is it going to be hard copy DVD, Blu-ray? What, what are we looking at for distribution? Uh, we're trying to so so once we get the uh, the post production done, which is like I said, coloring is the last thing, and they're doing that now, uh, or they start that Thursday. Mm-hmm. And um, so once that's done, which should only take like a week or two, then we start um, after we focus on this film festival and get that taken care of, then we start pitching everything. And we're going to be pitching um, between now and November, and as the, those are our, our time frames that we're pitching and stuff. And we have some stuff that are that's meetings and stuff that are going on, and. Mm-hmm. Um, that all depends like where it places depends on where we get it to. And I mean, we're looking for something like Netflix, okay. uh, Hulu. Those are the platforms that we're you know interested in talking to and looking for it now. Uh, Amazon, all that stuff. But Netflix is one of them that we're definitely after trying to talk to them and, and get on their platform. Very cool. Well, uh, it's a little bit unfortunate that John had to, you know, his internet felt went down, but uh, is there anything yeah. you'd like to say last, maybe to promote something uh, your other show, um, I'm sorry, I forgot forgot what it was called. The uh, last was oh, it lasting last? moments. That's lasting moments. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, what's that about? What can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, more? yeah. So, so lasting moments is a um, is a um, it's a faith based drama, basically. Okay. So it's but it's not like um, it's not. Um, I'm trying to. It's, it's faith friendly, I should say. Okay. So it's not like one of those that's going to beat you over the head with it, but it's got innuendos and all that sort of stuff. And and John and I both are, you know, and his wife and everything, we're all, you know, we're all Christians and we're, um, I mean, that's, our faith is very important to us. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we don't, you know, we don't go around beating over people's overhead, over the head with it and stuff. So, but like, so the film, what I want to do with this is I want it to be faith friendly because I want to get it out there and I want everybody to see it and I want everybody to be able to enjoy it and, um, you know, and that sort of thing. Because I mean, if you if you put faith based things out there, and it's just and that's all it is, then you're only going to get that you know that specific genre of people to watch it. Mm. You know, but if you if you spread it out, you get more viewers. You know, and mm-hmm. that's what you want with that type of film. So that's what it, it's about. It's I'm sorry. It's a non denominational film. Yes, non denominational okay. film, mm-hmm. uh, and and Scott, it's about basically a couple. Uh, mm-hmm. Tristan and Sarah, they, you know, they go through a hard time, um, and there's a tragic event that changes their lives. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but you know, without saying too much, there's a, there's a tragic event that changes their lives. So it really keeps you, you know, on the edge throughout the entire thing. And it's just, it's, uh, the, the moral of the whole thing is basically, I mean, that, um, uh, the message and stuff is, I mean, everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, God's in control of everything that, that does happen to us and, and for a reason, you know? Whether it's bad or not, there's always a reason for it to happen, and the message is—it's very strong. It's what what happens, everything. I can't give away the the event that changes their lives, but it's a it's a pretty tragic event. So, mm. Mm. Uh, is there like anything unique other than music or film that you do that uh, no one would expect, like fashion, film, or I mean, fashion, gaming, uh, art, something just crazy? What's that thing that? You know, would really uh, oh, connect, connect. You know, people if they want to know something about Brian that that no one, no one else really knows about. It. You like to, you know, you like to do uh, ski ball on the weekends, or you know, throw axes. What is that thing? Oh man, I've never been asked this question. So I don't even, I don't even know. Um, 
I let's see. So I mean, I like to do a little bit of everything. Basically, there's nothing that I don't enjoy doing. I mean, I like to. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a normal everyday dude. Like I love to go like you know hiking, and I love to cool. you know. Um, I, I like camping and I love amusement parks, man. I'm a big kid at heart, man. I'm cool. just, I'm a big kid at heart. Like amusement parks, I'm like, put me on that roller coaster, let's go. You know, Very I mean, cool. I'm, I love it. So, I mean, like, I get to an amusement park and I got friends with me. I'm like mm -hmm. running around like a kid, man. We're screaming and yelling, having and, like not in a bad way. We're like having a great time, and it's just I, I love it, man. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one thing. I like fishing. Um, I don't get to do it very often, uh, but I, I like to fish, um, and it's more for just for fun. It's not really for sport or anything. Mm -hmm. um, I went skydiving. Okay, he actually here you go. I went skydiving. I've been cool. skydiving once, um, and the first time I went, or actually the only time I went skydiving was when I was in a plane. The very first time I'd mm -hmm. ever gotten a plane. So oh, I, wow. I had never been in a plane before, and it was in a little charter plane that mm -hmm. they put you in, mm -hmm. and so. Um, so I used to, tell, I used to tell everybody for the longest time, they'd be like, you ever flown before? And I'm like, yes, once, but I jumped <laughs> out <laughs> and they're like, what, what? And I was like, oh, I went skydiving, but it's the only time I, the first time I'd ever been in a plane. I used to be nervous about getting in planes. Now I fly everywhere. I love flying, but like I used to be scared and I got in a plane that I jumped out perfectly good plane. The first time I was in it. Very cool. So, okay. Last but not least, um, if people wanted to follow your journey as a filmmaker, where's the best place to follow you? Is that Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn? Where is it? Probably um, Facebook and Instagram. I'm, I, yeah, those are the best two places, Facebook and Instagram. Um, YouTube as well, probably, because we do post. I did post the trailers up there um, for Death and Compromise. Um, I have my demo reel up there. IMDB is another one. Yeah. Um, so those are probably the best ones. Twitter, I, I have it. I'm real bad with with doing anything with Twitter, and so uh, yeah. yeah. So probably yeah, probably Instagram and Facebook and IMDb and YouTube. Those are the best ways to keep up. LinkedIn as well, but I'm again, that's the thing. Only time I mess with LinkedIn is when someone sends me a message. I'm like, oh, I pop on there, send a message back, and that's about it. Yeah. So I have the um, for those of you, the listeners on the podcast. Um, the, the people who are viewing the, the video on YouTube or watch the live stream, uh, I have the, the handles below. But, Brian, if you want to let everybody know where those, those handles are and how they can fo follow you, um, you know, go ahead. Okay, yeah. So, um, so IMDb, you can look up uh, Death and Compromise. You just spell it out. Um, or you can find uh, John Hall or Brian Elder, Brian with an I. Um, and it's B-R-I-A-N. I have some people that say that spell it B-R-A-I-N. <laughs> That's brain. So oh, it's yeah. B-R-I-A-N. You can find us. You can find all three of those on uh, IMDb. You can look on um, Facebook for the same thing. You look uh, Death and Compromise. You can find John Hall and Brian Elder on there as well. Um, I do have a Facebook acting page. It's Brian Elder Actor after the Facebook.com forward slash. Um, you can find, um, um, let's see, uh, Instagram, um, mine is Brian underscore Elder. John's is, I think it's John two uh, four two seven. I could be totally wrong, but it's it's John J Hall J Hall four two seven. There you go. So J yes. Hall four two seven. Instagram is John Halls. Mine is Brian underscore Elder. Um, 
You can also find us on Film Freeway with the uh, the film festival. You can also find the .com, Elder Hall, Texas Independent Film Festival.com. And did I get all that? I got the Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, and then YouTube. Look up. You can actually do um, YouTube.com forward slash Brian Elder Music, and that will take you to the um, my Elder Films Facebook page, which you can also find Elder Films LLC also on Facebook too. Gotcha. Yeah. You made me kind of self-conscious when I, you said that some people spell it B R A I N. I was like, Oh my God, did I spell it wrong? <laughs> oh <laughs> no, no. The screen. Uh, <laughs> well, but my brother, it's funny. My brother spells my name sometimes, you know, at first yeah. I thought it was, I thought he was messing with me, but now, you know, many years later, he still spells it that way. And I'm like, Tim, you've got to flip those two. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the last thing that I, I, I want you to, to repeat and, uh, and do the promo for would be the event you have coming up for your film festival. Okay. Yes. So September 6th is the viewing, um, at Blanco at the uh, buggy barn or Pinemore old, um, studio or Pinemore old West studios in Blanco, Texas. And September 7th is also a viewing day as well as the award ceremony. So you guys definitely come out and check that out and watch episode one, the night of September 7th. All right, guys. Uh, once again, Brian and John, thank you very much for coming on the show. Uh, it was awesome having you guys. And for you guys who are listening, you can go to anchor.fm to get the podcast, anchor.fm slash Trent Knox to get the podcast on all your major digital streaming platforms. Thank you, John, uh, John and Brian. Um, thank you very much. Thank you so much for having us. Uh,